Hello. Welcome to Big Faith, hosted by Simple Truth Campus Ministry at the University of Arkansas. We are here to dive into scripture and deepen our faith. My name is Josh. I'm joined here by Brandon. Howdy. And Emily. Hello. Thank you guys for being on uh, the podcast. How are y'all feeling? Pretty good. It's a great day. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm super duper. <laughs> Incredible. Super duper. Today, we'll be reading in Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. It reads, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me, immediately. Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. All right. Uh, so let's dig into this a little bit. Brandon, uh, what strikes you as odd or interesting uh, about this story? Yeah, I think uh, something that stood out to me right at the very beginning uh, is he dismisses the crowd and all that. And then he goes up onto a mountain and prays by himself alone. And he's there all the way mm. until morning, just alone praying. Yeah, that's sure. pretty interesting. What, what, what is interesting about that to you? Yeah, yeah it's interesting to uh, think that Jesus did that because uh, you might think, oh, you know, does Jesus need to pray that much? But I think it also shows like how we're supposed to pray because if this is what Jesus says to pray, that's kind of like, it's interesting right. to see how God as a man would pray. Like when he goes to pray, what, what does he do? And he goes somewhere uh, on a mountainside alone. He doesn't just, you know, dismiss the crowd and then pray or pray amongst the crowd. He goes up, makes sure he isolates himself to do that. Right. That's so interesting because it's, you know, natural for us, I think, to think that if anyone doesn't need to pray that much, it'd be Jesus, right? right. Uh, that if there's anybody that, that is spiritual enough, that is put together enough, that knows what they're doing, that is in control of enough, uh, that they wouldn't need to pray, it'd be Jesus. And yet we see time and time again in scripture that he Praise more than maybe anybody else, <laughs> right? Uh, which I agree totally says a lot about what we need to live like and how much more so do we need to pray if that's how much Jesus is going out of his way to pray, right? Is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's super, super inspiring. Emily, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, 
Well, right before this, uh, Jesus was feeding the 5,000. Sure. And he just, it seemed like he had a pretty busy day, you know, like dealing with people constantly. And mm -hmm. he didn't let that uh, get in the way of his relationship with God. He um, dedicated like many hours to prayer. And I feel like if that was me, you know, like uh, helping out those people, just being around people for all that time, like I probably would have just wanted to go home and eat or something <laughs> right. or like go to sleep. But he was there like while everyone else was going to bed, he was there till the crack of dawn. And that's just sure. very powerful. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention, this has been, like you said, a long day mm -hmm. for, for Jesus. Even before feeding the 5,000 was when he found out that uh, John the Baptist had been beheaded. Yeah. Uh, and so, man, imagine being in Jesus' shoes where uh, his cousin uh, has been has been killed because of him, mm -hmm. right? Because oh, wow. of what he had done, because of his ministry, uh, had John the Baptist done what he had done. And so that had to have been weighing on him. Maybe not uh, a guilt kind of like what we feel when we do something wrong, but almost like a, man, this this is because of me. And I know I did the right thing, according to Jesus, right? Jesus right. did the right thing. Yeah. Uh, but, amen. <laughs> amen. That, that because of what he had done doing the right thing, that John had to be killed uh, and suffer in that way. And then he was surrounded by all these people because, you know, in verse 13, we didn't read it with this, but it said, uh, when Jesus heard... What had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Uh, hearing of this, the crowds followed him. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. back <laughs> off. Uh, and yet, uh, what do we see from Jesus as he's compassionate and loving and still chooses to feed them? And that was this same day yeah. that, that that was happening as evening was approaching. And then this happens uh, before dawn. Uh, so, wow, what, what a busy, busy day uh, for Jesus. Uh, is there anything else that, Emily, that sticks out to you that strikes you as odd or interesting? Um, I think it's interesting just how Jesus was even walking on water in the first place. And I was just wondering if, like, he intended for his disciples yeah. to see him. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, did he not have a boat? <laughs> I'm not, I'm <laughs> right, sure. which I'm sure is what the disciples would have expected. Yeah. Uh, right. Because there were little skiffs, I believe they're called, mm -hmm. uh, little tiny boats uh, or just, you know, few people boats mm -hmm. uh, from, from probably one or two people to 10 to 15 people can run these boats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that they expected, oh, Jesus will just hop on a boat and, mm -hmm. and get out here. Or maybe they didn't expect to get that far out to sea, right? It mentions that the the wind was buffeting uh, the the side of the boat and yeah. pushing it out. The wind was against them. The waves were buffeting, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that that is interesting to think about. Like, did Jesus intend this, or maybe it was just like a guys? I need this time to yeah. pray. So that's why it says immediately uh, mm -hmm. Jesus made them get into a boat and go on ahead of him, yeah. and then he went and did the thing he needed to do. Uh, with dismissing the crowd and then praying uh, in a solitary place by himself. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, well, maybe there wasn't a boat. Maybe <laughs> maybe he did uh, plan it. I don't, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Brandon, do you have thoughts about that? Uh, well, I think it's interesting to think about uh, 
how far he walked. Because you can imagine maybe he just walked, you know, a couple hundred feet or like a stone's throw. Sure. But if you look on like Google Maps, like how big is the Sea of Galilee? It's like <laughs> about five miles. Wow. Uh, uh, on like on the shortest end, it's about 10 miles on the longest mm-hmm. end. And it says they're in the middle of the lake. So Jesus probably walked at least a mile, probably two miles on water before he even got to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sounds like, a, I guess that further raises the question, why would he do that? Why would he walk when he could have taken a boat? I guess it could be since it was way early in the morning, maybe there was no one around to get a boat from. Mm-hmm. Or they were all locked up for the night or something. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think it's interesting that busy day that he's had, he's like, I'm going to go walk two miles on water yeah. in addition to all this. Yeah. Right. And whether he intended to do this mm-hmm. or not, uh, Jesus is the master at using uh, opportunities, taking mm-hmm. advantage of the opportunities that are granted to him uh, to really make the most out of training uh, and inspiring his his men, uh, the apostles, the men that he's pouring into or, or the people as it were you know he did that with with women as well so uh, you know I think that this is a, a really interesting story so let's let's talk about this idea that you know when when Jesus came came out to them and they first saw him they thought he was a ghost do you guys think that that's a little weird I don't know why did why do you think they responded like that I guess Brandon yeah uh, I think it, it is kind of weird because uh, you know I guess supernatural if you could use that word kind of stuff happens in the bible uh, a lot and it's usually uh an, an angel they're like oh this must be an angel or something but here they say it's a ghost and they're they're afraid which people are, are afraid of angels anyway because they're you know awe-inspiring things but uh yeah to think of it being a ghost maybe because it was at night or something they're like sleep deprived sure. and they're like ah oh. <laughs> maybe there's some like fog over right. the water and it's, it looks really spooky right. jesus walks out there and they're like <gasps> right, right. plus Freaking it was out. all storming and everything so yeah. it could have just been all the context they're like ah mm-hmm. oh, this is, must be a bad thing sure all this wind it's before dawn so you, d- you don't have any light right uh, you, and you just see this figure walking towards you mm-hmm. i guess if that happened to me i would probably think it's a ghost <laughs> yeah. too yeah. uh even reading this story and and we you know we know that this is jesus from the beginning but that's not information that the disciples had it's right. not like jesus was like if you see somebody walking on the water it's definitely me <laughs> like right. relax yeah. it, it, they don't have any of this forewarning so they just mm-hmm. have to work with with what they've got right mm-hmm. uh emily do you have any thoughts on that yeah it was just I mean, it'd be pretty startling because they've never, like, heard of or seen a person walk on water before. Like, for us, in this day and age, we'd be like, oh, it's, I don't know, some kind of device or prank or illusion or something. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. in that time, like, what Brandon said, like, there's probably a lot of supernatural stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And so they, that's, like, the only thing they had to base it off of was someone or, like, that thing being a ghost, you know. Sure. And, you know, these guys were men, but they were also kind of boys. You know, <laughs> They were still in the process of being trained uh, to, to be more than just boys. And so I could right. even imagine maybe they were out on the boat telling ghost stories. Right? <laughs> like well, if Peter's sitting the, the rest of them down and he's like, oh, you know, uh, one time the Sea of Galilee, there, there was a rumor of a, of a fisherman that whatever, mm-hmm. he fell over a boat and was, was dragged down. And now he haunts people that are out yeah. on whatever. And he's a fisherman. I, I don't know if he was at right. uh, this sea or not, but uh, just imagine him telling that story. And then like, 
you know, uh, Andrew's freaking out a little bit or, mm -hmm. or John just is getting in his own head about this. And then yeah. a figure's there and John's like, ah, it's the ghost, right? And Peter's like, I thought this was fake. <laughs> right. I thought I made this up, whatever. Uh, that, that could be hilarious. Because yeah. uh, uh, a lot of them were fishermen, right? And it's a mm -hmm. common thing of like fishermen telling these stories about mm -hmm. what's out at sea and all that. So Right. It definitely could have been doing that. <laughs> yeah. And he probably didn't think twice about it yeah. uh, until uh, Jesus comes. Uh, and they're freaking out. They say, it's a ghost. They're crying out in fear. Uh, right? And I also imagine you're probably a little more on edge because this isn't usually how Jesus does things. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, I mean, every other time, maybe not every, but, but the times I can think of in the scriptures that Jesus brought the guys along with him. Right. For everything. I mean, even in uh, this hadn't happened yet, but at Gethsemane, mm -hmm. he he is bringing them to all of these intimate moments that he has mm -hmm. the most intimacy that he has with God. He brings people along right. to be a stone's throw away. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet this time he tells them, leave and I'll catch up with you. This is unprecedented territory uh, for these guys. And, you know, just kind of like the, the question, Emily, that you asked earlier of like, I wonder if he meant to do this. Like, why? Why did he do that? Why did he react a little different? Um, do you guys have thoughts on that? Why did he send them out this time instead of keeping them with him? Uh, Emily, do you have thoughts on that? I was thinking, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I was thinking that maybe he knew that it would test, it would test their faith, like mm -hmm. with Peter. Um, how it says that whenever Peter saw the wind, he got scared and he started to sink. And then later in, um, I think it's verse 32, it says sure. that Jesus, um, whenever they climbed into the boat, then, then the wind died down. And so I right. think that Jesus did that. And so maybe mm. he was like, okay, um, you know, I see where Peter's faith is at. I can calm the storm down now. I'm not not totally sure, but it right. seems like he knew mm -hmm. that it would test their faith. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, speaking on us not being sure of a bunch of these <laughs> things, I think the beauty of the scriptures, the beauty of us being able to to read these stories is that we, we don't have literally all the answers of mm -hmm. everybody's intentions with everything. Uh, we are forced to ask these questions of if this is relevant or did he mean to do this or did this just kind of happen? And and I think that that is, is a strength of the Bible. Uh, I, feel, I feel like it can be easily viewed in our information age as a weakness, but I think that, that that's an incredible aspect of the Bible that we can be forced by delving into a scripture to animate it for ourselves, to, mm -hmm. to bring it to life with our own thoughts and details. And I think the the details that are important are included. <laughs> and and so if there's something that's not included, it, it, it is on purpose that it's not included in a way that we can kind of wonder together uh, if that really is true or if that if if it was really like this. And so I, I think there's a lot of beauty uh, to, to thinking in terms of that. So uh, let's let's move on to this moment uh, for Peter, uh, this time to shine, I suppose. Uh, what, what do you guys think of that interaction that Peter has uh, with Jesus? Brandon, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. So they see him, they cry out thinking it's a ghost. And it says that Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is, yeah. I don't be afraid, which sounds like a very Jesus thing to say. He said that immediately. 
in yeah, this passage. Yeah, there's also a lot of immediately. <laughs> yeah. But it's something that Jesus would say. He says mm-hmm. he says that God says that all the time of like, you know, it's me, don't be afraid and all that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of read, I can't help but read what Peter's response is like, Lord, if it is you, then tell me to come out on the water, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Almost like a dare yeah. uh, mm-hmm. of him saying like, if it really is you, which, I mean, if Jesus said to me, take courage, you know, it is I, don't be afraid. I'd probably say, okay, yeah, that's Jesus. <laughs> but I guess Peter, uh, I don't know, maybe he didn't believe that it was Jesus or maybe he was that excited to see Jesus that he's sure. like, I want to meet you before you're even on the boat. Right. And what's the worst case scenario here, right? That it's not Jesus. Yeah. Right. That this is a ghost or a demon or something yeah. scary. The sure. Loch Ness Monster. I don't know. And uh, and he says that. <laughs> and then he steps out of the boat and plummets, right? Yeah. yeah. That that's the, that could have happened reasonably here. Yeah. Uh and so I feel like he had to have to a certain degree have, have recognized that this is Jesus. Right. Like that realized, okay, this is him. Mm-hmm. Uh because if I'm Peter, the best case is that Jesus it is Jesus and that he does let me walk out on the water, right? right. And that is exactly what happened. But that is like among all the cases, that that's only one of many that could be really going on here. Right. Like maybe he's hallucinating. Maybe uh, nothing's there. In which case, guess what? He's going in the water. Most of the time, he's going in the water here. Right. Uh, and yet uh, he chooses to to step out of the boat. And I think that that's really interesting and says a lot about kind of the point of what this passage is really getting at. Because I, even though he asks that question, if it is you. Uh, or I guess makes a command. It's it's not really a question, but he's almost putting God to the test a little bit, but that this is a, a passage that's all about faith, but all, also all about recognizing Jesus, right? Uh, right. Which later uh, with this, this part that's after they land, uh, starting in verse 35, it says, when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. Uh, people brought all the sick and and just wanted to touch the edge of his cloak, right? Mm-hmm. That they were just begging to touch the very edge. And I think that there's something interesting about recognizing Jesus that allows us to tap into this incredible faith. Uh, are, you guys, are you guys with me? Emily, yeah. Emily, what do you think about that? Um, I guess I'm just confused if you mean like recognizing Jesus as in like, knowing who he is and like knowing like his traits and like how to be like him or sure uh yeah i think you know it's hard to tell from just what the scripture itself is Mm -hmm. but we we can be forced maybe to even ask ourselves what type of recognizing jesus inspires faith what type of recognizing jesus allows us to tap into this more incredible faith that we do have for him right uh, and I think uh, kind of the point of this uh, podcast as a whole is for us to grow, to to deepen our faith, uh, to enhance our ability to have faith in God. And and so hopefully we should be uh, answering that question a little bit uh, in the stuff that we're talking about. And I think right. that the, part of the answer is that the more we recognize Jesus, the more we recognize who he is, what he's done, what what he's like. Uh, the the more we can tap into this incredible faith that we are capable of having. Brandon, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, about recognizing Jesus? Sure. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm thinking about 
Uh, I guess there's three kind of instances of that here uh, immediately around the scripture. There's the right. feeding the 5,000 beforehand of the fact that there was such a large crowd that did follow him right? Uh, all the time. Why would they follow him? Because they, whether they knew he was like the son of God or all that, they knew there was something important about him, something special about him. And then there's the people at uh, Genesaret mm-hmm. uh, who recognize him and they beg to touch even just the hem of his cloak. Right. Uh, which could just be like, oh, he's a celebrity. I want to like grab the celebrity. <laughs> or it could be like the, the woman that was bleeding and like knew that if she touched him. Right. That she would be healed. That's more of the feel I'm getting yeah. from this story. It could be like they knew that touching him would heal them, which that's that's kind of the aim that I'm thinking too. Right. And then there's uh, the disciples and Peter recognizing Jesus and Jesus, you know, reaching out and grabbing uh, Peter. So I think there's, you know, there's several instances of uh, focusing on and like touching Jesus and like being there, right. uh, recognizing who he is and reaching out to him. Right. Uh, because he can heal you. That literally happens at the end of yeah. this passage. And I think I think that that's so special. Uh, and kind of what, mm-hmm. what I think that this story is really trying to draw out is how incredible Jesus is that, that he doesn't just keep to himself, if that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. let me explain that a little more. That, that Jesus could very well have just done these miracles by himself, right? Mm-hmm. He right. didn't need the apostles. He didn't need these... Uh, the residents at Genesaret. Uh, he didn't need anybody to do anything. He could have healed those people any way that he wanted to. And yet he chooses to invite uh, others to participate in these miracles with him, right? Mm-hmm. That this story is all about him inviting others to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's doing this incredible, incredible stuff uh, that takes a lot of faith from him, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't just superpowered for the sake of being superpowered. He right. uh, had faith in God to be able to do these things. And he called us to have that same faith. And uh, that that he's not just doing miracles on his own, but he's inviting the faithful to participate. Uh, when he calls Peter out of the boat, he's inviting Peter to come be a part of this incredible thing that he's doing. Uh, and I think that... That's really my takeaway from this story is is that, you know, all of us uh, have a choice to be willing to be called out uh, to do those incredible things with Jesus. He is, is calling out to us and it's up to us to choose to be faithful. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Peter chose to be faithful. And and yeah, he at a time uh, took his his look, uh, his focus off of Jesus uh, and started sinking. Uh, but we have this incredible invitation from Jesus to do incredibly faithful things uh, and, and to really step out of the boat, so to speak. And it's ultimately going to be up to us uh, to actually answer that or to actually have that big enough faith to be willing to participate with Jesus doing miracles. And, and yeah. I think you know, are you going to be able to walk on a lake? Maybe go for it. You know, maybe don't pick a really deep one, especially if you don't know how to swim. But if your faith is incredible enough, I'm sure you'll be able to walk if that's what God wants you to be able to do. But I think a a lot more realistic picture for us is, is when he does land, uh, when they do land at at Genesaret, that these guys in their faith were able to participate in these people being healed, not 
uh, by actually physically touching them, but by being the ones to bring them to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. They recognized Jesus, and then they went, sent word to all the surrounding country, and those people got healed because of those men and women that recognized Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so they might not have directly healed anybody, but they were able to participate in the miracle. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's a call for every one of us, uh, not just us three, but those of you listening, that uh, that we are called to do incredible things uh, with Jesus, and it's up to us and our faith to, to actually be willing to recognize him in order to do them. Um, Emily, what do, you, what do you think about all that? Do you have any thoughts? Um, not right now, not really. Sure. Brandon, any thoughts? Uh, I guess I just think it's... Uh... It's awesome to think that Jesus does invite us to all that because he could do everything by himself. Sure. Uh, he is the son of God, was God. He can, you know, he doesn't need us, uh, but he wants us, which I think is, you know, even more powerful, you know, yeah. that it's, it's all voluntary that he chooses to have us be a part of what he does, you know, which is, uh, it's a super incredible honor to get to be a part of that, to think that we mm -hmm. can participate and be a part of the miracles that he does. Cause he even says, you know, uh, even greater things than this right. y'all will do because I'm going to the father, you know? So he even expects us to do, uh, exactly what he did or even more than that, you know? Amen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, and, you know, uh, I look forward to doing even more incredible things than walking on water and then healing, yeah. uh, people and, and, you know, maybe not more incredible in the physical sense of will I in my life physically heal somebody uh, who's sick? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But uh, I think we can do even more incredible things by having even more of an impact. Uh, but uh, according to this, it's going to take even more faith, even more prayer, uh, and even more uh, Jesus for us to be able to really tap into that. that's going to wrap it up for today uh thank you guys for for joining us on the podcast and and thank each of you brandon and emily uh, for joining me here this has been big faith with simple truth tune in next week see you then